Hello and welcome to the Meet Businesswomen Masterclass podcast. This masterclass was originally delivered on Zoom and is available for you to watch back on our website at any time. Just log in to your members portal. In this session, we'll explore the art and science of dealing with difficult conversations. We'll look at self-awareness, management and techniques to aid you, which is great if you want to be able to handle conflict in a more constructive way, or you want to be able to articulate your point in a situation. So let's meet our host. Monique Wintelkamp is an incredible executive and team coach. She delivers and writes leadership development, sales training and human skills programs globally for the technology, media and construction industries. And she focuses on changing long-term behaviour rather than just learning outcomes. We really hope you enjoy this Meet Business Women Masterclass on having difficult conversations. Thank you. What a warm um, introduction and welcome. I should take you around with me everywhere (laughs) to introduce me, so I appreciate that. Um, As Laura said, if you're able to put on your camera, that would be amazing because then I actually get to see human faces and kind of connect a little bit more because it's a nice size group. So actually seeing people would be great. And I made the comment to uh, the ladies just before joining that, I don't care if you've still got a bit of lockdown hair. I have. I don't even know when I last went to the hairdressers. So there is no judgment from me. As long as you're dressed, I'm fine. (laughs) So let me start sharing uh, what I've got to share with you today. So let me share that now. You should be able to see that. Um, And I want to kick off with a little bit of a confession. My own difficult conversation (laughs) to have with you all right now It's actually that I'm a vegetarian. Well, a pescatarian, really. Um, I was diagnosed with a meat intolerance when I was very young. So when I was mentioning this talk uh, to some of my closest friends and family members, the humor in the irony was certainly not lost on any of them (laughs) that I was talking to. So I had to share that with you today. Uh, So in this workshop, you will understand how self-management and empathy play a huge role in having difficult conversations. You will discover some behaviors um, and to be mindful of those. You will also learn some techniques to enable you to feel more comfortable and confident in having those conversations. And Laura did such an amazing job with my introduction. I will keep who I am quite short with this next slide. Uh, So my name is Monique Winterkamp, and I have the absolute pleasure of getting to work with teams and individuals to become the best that they can be. And I take real pride in helping them drop a mask or a persona they feel that they have to have. Um, I get great joy in helping people connect with a form of confidence that comes from the self. And this can be in a leadership role, a personal role, or as an organizational role as well. I am a trained and certified coach and also an emotional intelligence coach. This is my family, um, my daughter and my husband just there. And I have a confession to make. There's a lot of confessions going on today, isn't there? I'm a country and music, like Western music fan. Are there any other country Western music fans in the space? Any hands up? Not really seeing many. No, okay, moving swiftly on. Um, And some of my spare time, I work with an incredible organization called the Inspiring Leadership Trust that works with underprivileged women and girls around creating a career and a life that they really want to lead. So I want to hear from you guys and I want to understand 
what makes certain conversations difficult? So if you can put that in the chat, have a little think. What makes certain conversations difficult for you? I'll give you a moment to reflect on that and put in. Beginning them, yeah. Power struggles, ooh. Bad news. Being a colleague, all also a boss, yeah. Ego, reaction, outcome different for the person. Confrontation, bad news. Not knowing the reaction, yeah. So a lot around the kind of unknown, how to start, how people will react. How do I deliver something? Relationships and how that will be affected. Being judged, <laughs> personalities or extremely human reactions to have when we're going to be having any form of conversation, let alone one that we perceive is going to be difficult to be able to have. Uh, and it might be, as you've already mentioned here, the topic, the relationship, that fear of the unknown or being judged. We all have a talk track in our head, uh, whether we like to admit it or not, that not only judges us, but judges others. And being aware of that is a huge first step, right? Is this me judging myself? Are these fears legitimate or is it something that I should really consider? And actually, according to a recent survey, 69% um, of all leaders asked said that they were really uncomfortable having conversations around direct feedback. Um, where something was going to be perceived or responded to in a negative way. And one in five managers said they had trouble giving praise for a job well done in a certain way, which I found that that was quite interesting as well. So we always, we, we might see it as sometimes giving bad news, but also the flip side, how do I give this good news in a certain way? Okay, so the first element I want to talk to you about, and this comes into the emotional intelligence and emotional awareness for yourself, is that self-awareness. Before we have any conversation, we need to check in with how we're feeling. Are you in the right frame of mind to be having this? I think we can all reflect back on a time when we've had a conversation where we weren't in the right headspace. We didn't really know what we were experiencing or feeling. And I can pretty much guarantee the outcomes wouldn't have been uh, what you wanted them to be. And that's part of it. It's right, what's going on for me? Am I in the right headspace to have this? What feelings am I experiencing towards this? Am I having fear? Am I worried about how somebody is gonna perceive this? What emotions are there? What thoughts present? For you as well. And then during the conversation, this is an ongoing thing. This isn't just something you do at the very beginning of the conversation. It is continual. So checking in again, if something, they, someone says something and you react or you feel a certain way, checking in of what is that emotion? What am I experiencing there? What's, what's present for me in that bit? And also being aware of how you communicate. We all have blind spots. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all have blind spots. Um, for me, I know when I'm feeling a little bit stressed or a little bit tired, I can be too direct. Yeah, I can just say it without any kind of form of cushioning. And I know that can come across as 
maybe a little bit aggressive, a little too assertive, but that's not me inside. The idea of ever hurting anyone in that way, like devastates me, but I know that that's a weakness of mine. So I make sure I do not have conversations when I'm slightly stressed or slightly tired. And I know at work, that's not always a choice that you can make in that frame of mind. But um, a tip that I always say is if you're going to have that difficult conversation, never schedule it back to back with another. Make sure there's a gap there so you can go away, get yourself in the right frame of mind to be having that conversation. And also being aware of how others communicate. It's not just always about you. It's how the other is. I, I really know that this person isn't good at talking about their emotions. They don't like opening up. Or I know that if I don't address this in a certain way, the person I'm going to be speaking to will take it as an attack. I need to be aware of that. So spending some time doing all of that reflection beforehand. We haven't even talked about the topic yet or how to talk about it. This is all about you. And the awareness of the situation is key. And this goes both personal and professional to be able to do that. The next element I want to draw your attention to is empathy. And empathy is not sympathy. It often gets miscommunicated as sympathy. So it's not, oh my God, I feel really sorry for that person. Oh, that's awful. I couldn't imagine being in that. That is not empathy. Empathy is actually understanding the other person's perspective. That's not guessing. That's not assuming. That's actually really wanting to understand what's going on for that person. So before having any difficult conversations, part of this is empathizing with the other person to try and see things from their point of view. Um, I know, for example, with my husband, he'll be used a few times, by the way, ladies. Um, I know with my husband that he's not always the best at telling me what's going on in his mind, right? And I could take that as very frustrating. And I did, I used to, it'd be very frustrating. But then I took a moment to realize that he's not been able to have a position to open up in his life before, right? It was always seen as a weakness to open up and share. And that gave me so much more understanding of maybe why he struggled to be able to do that. Therefore, I was able to be more empathetic, provide um, better scenarios, ask him, how would you, how can I help you make you feel comfortable to be able to have these conversations? Yeah, wow, he'd never been asked that before. So really trying to understand what's going on for the other person is key there. And there's a few empathetic statements that I want to bring up that might help you when thinking about, okay, how, how do I show them that I am understanding? Um, so there's a few that are up there, but the one that I really like is the last one. It's kind of that summarizing. It's not, so if you've ever done active listening training, it is not parroting. So it is not repeating back exactly what they've said. It's actually understanding at a deeper level what's going on for them whether you agree or not that's completely separate from this but really understanding what's going on and then articulating it back in your own words that is a huge skill so if someone says I'm really frightened of talking with customers fills me with dread I could go ah, I hear that you're really frightened of talking with customers and it fills you with dread the person sitting there goes, yeah, that's exactly what I just said. <laughs> I don't need you to repeat back my own words. 
Um, that's what a, a traditional active listening training trains people of. So I'm going to kind of try and get you out of that a little bit and get you to go, wow, okay, what I'm hearing there is that there's an anxiousness around that. Is it the way in which you have to do the cold calling that brings that up? And did you see how I kind of interpreted it into a kind of a feeling that I was picking up on? Um, played that back. I didn't say this is how you're feeling. I kind of asked. And then I was curious by asking more questions. And that's another part of empathy. It's a genuine interest and curiosity. You can be empathetic with people that have different views from you, have different values from you, different beliefs than you. You can still have empathy, be genuinely curious of where their stance come from. If the world was more empathetic and we were able to have more empathetic conversations, wow, imagine the possibility that is there. And that leads me to talking about um, first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. I think this statement for me when I first heard it was kind of like a bit of a light bulb moment. If you think of when you're kind of gearing yourself up for a difficult conversation, I know I, I used to be this way, I used to be like, right, okay, I've got to make sure I get this point across. I've got to help get them to understand how I'm feeling, the impact that it's having on me, the impact it's having on the team, um, what will happen if this doesn't change. And I was very much focused on how am I going to get the other person to understand my point of view, agree with it, I'm not going to lie, right? How do I get them to see my point of view to be able to move forward to, to some resolution? And then I realized that, hang on, if someone came at me, that way just came to try and push their views on me how receptive would I be I'd probably be defensive and then I got started thinking about many teenagers right clean your room do this do that I'm trying to make you understand how important it is that you do your studies that you spend time here that you do that and the teenager goes no <laughs> I'm not listening to that because there's no way I've got all of this going on you don't understand it's probably what you've heard a few times from uh, teenagers and think back again to your own thing. They just don't understand me. How often have you had a conversation? You've got mute and in your head you're going, well, they just clearly don't understand where I'm coming from. Probably majority of time when you've had a difficult conversation. And that's because the person has approached it to I am here to make you understand rather than I really want to understand you. So we can find a level playing field of where what's going on to then help you understand what I'm feeling. Let me play that to you in a bit of real time. That's my poor husband. I'm glad he's not in the house today. Um, so I could go to my husband and go, right, I need you to um, do the washing, pick up this because I've got so much going on. I'm really stressed. Um, I need more support. You're not doing a lot at the moment. Um, you need to buck your ideas up. He'll probably go, yeah, sure. But in his head, he's going, oh, she doesn't understand that I'm exhausted. I've had a long day at work. I've been yelled at nonstop by my boss because stuff's going wrong. I'm just really not in the headspace. I'm doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because I want to. And again, think back to you, how often have you done things because you felt you had to, rather than you, a genuine, I want to do this. Whereas if I'd approached it and said, um, this, this stuff's not getting done at the moment, what's happening for you? It seems a bit um, different at the moment. And he might go, 
well, I'm really stressed. <laughs> I've got a lot going on. I need to take time for myself to switch off. If I don't have that time at the moment, I'm not going to be in a good place. Ah. So I'm hearing that you really do need to go and get space at the moment. Yeah. And that's really tough at work. And you're trying to, it feels like you're trying to juggle lots and not really making much success anywhere. And you go, yeah, I'm letting you down. I'm letting work down if I'm not doing stuff. That must be horrendous. And I generally feel that. Wow. To feel that, that I'm letting people down. Okay. Well, here's where I stand. I need help getting some of this stuff done. What can we do? to make that happen together, right? He feels heard, he feels understood. We're then able together come up with an action plan to be able to move forward. That confrontation has gone. Can you feel the difference? It's no longer, right, I'm fighting against you to get stuff done. It's, we're a partnership, we're together. How can we get this solved? Um, and that goes in business as well. If you're in a managerial role, and you're trying to get um, your direct report to do something a certain way and they just keep not doing it that way. They always let that process go or um, keep upsetting a team member, whatever it is. Again, by approaching it in that way, I want to understand where you're coming from before I even begin to seek to be understood myself. It's, it's very powerful. And this goes with clients as well. If you're ever in a client-facing um, role, always seek to understand the client before positioning what you do and where you go. Exactly the same premise, because they won't want to listen if they don't feel understood. Um, at any point you guys have questions, feel free to chuck it in the chat and we can certainly pick up on those as we move forward. There's an amazing book that I'd recommend if uh, negotiating or having difficult conversations is a big thing for you. And I got it out of my bookcase and kind of put it here for you. Here we go. It's um, The Nonviolent Communication. Really good book. It's also an audio book. I am very much an audio book girl, but I always buy the hard copy as well as a flip reference. And in this, they talk about the difference between an observation and an evaluation. Again, I'd love to see if there's some uh, ringing true here for a few of us. So um, an evaluation is an interpretation of something. Uh, so evaluation, for example, is you seldom do what I want. That is your interpretation of an event. You seldom do what I want. An observation, on the other hand, is more around the facts or what you've noticed without the interpretation. So an observation around the same thing was be the last three times I initiated an activity, you said you didn't want to do it. Yeah, can you can you see hear the difference again? It's not you seldom do what I want, your fault, you need to fix it. <laughs> it's wow, I've noticed that three times I've initiated an activity, you said you didn't want to do it. And that's a far better place to be able to come together. Another um, example of an observation would be something like the last three times, uh, sorry, going back over the same one, is, um, if you, again, if you've got kids, something like, he's always here, referring to a girl's boyfriend or something like, he's always here. And the teenager's going, I mean, always here, not always here. Um, an observation would be, he comes over at least three times a week. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just stating what it is to then enable a discussion rather than putting an opinion or an interpretation on something you're doing. One 
I know I used to really uh, fall, fall down on is exaggerations. If this uh, again rings true with anybody using things like frequently, always, never, whenever, it's kind of like, whenever I say this, you always do this. <laughs> and the person's going, no, I don't. That's not true. I don't always do that. And it's instantly putting up those blockades. The whole premise of having these conversations is so you can have them in a way that they feel supported, understood, and seen. As humans, we have a core foundation to be understood and seen and listened to. If you can do those, see them, understand them, and really listen, it will go and change every conversation that you have. Okay, let me move to the next one. So I was, how are we doing for time here? I will not be doing the discussion in the breakout room because I want to make sure we get through quite a lot of stuff. So we'll move on if that's okay with everybody. Um, so some quick tips and hints of things to, to think about here. Uh, the first one is drop why. So why did you do that? Yeah. Um, why do you uh, think that's a good option here? We drop the why because why can be seen as very judgmental. In our childhood development, we were programmed that when a parent would say, why are you doing that? We, it would make us feel very judged, very negative. So whenever the word why is used in questions now, that triggers that part of our brain that makes us feel defensive and makes us feel like we have to justify what we're doing. So let's think about phrasing things a different way. So what's the impact of you doing that? So instead of why are you currently doing it that way, what is the impact of you doing it that way? Again, it removes that barrier, that defensiveness, allows more of a conversation. In the second one, second option, people are more likely to be open to suggestions, ideas, feel more creative rather than the first one where they will just be spending their time thinking, how do I justify this so um, they don't make me feel bad? <laughs> so I um, keep my job. So I, it's all of that. So instead of the energy being used to, I need to survive, the energy goes to, I can be creative. Right, let's talk this through. How can we open this up? And one of the techniques I want to leave you with is um, open the front door. You might have heard of this or you might not. So I want to walk you through it. And this is an incredible technique for those of you that said, how the hell do I start a conversation? This is your kind of magic recipe or source to be able to do that. It incorporates pretty much everything that we've spoken about up to now in this um, format here. So the first one is observe. So remember, it is not about evaluating, it's just about stating. So what have you seen? What have you noticed? Someone's been late to the office X amount of times. It's not, you're really, you're always late lately. Nope, that's an evaluation. It's, um, I've noticed you've come in late three times this week observation, keeping it simple, thoughts. Um, that might be your thoughts or your interpretation of it then. So the impact of that 
is actually that we're running behind on these projects. Again, what are your thoughts? I'm feeling is the next bit, but what are your thoughts around this? And then you might want to bring in some facts or some feelings. So if you've got um, some evidence, and I don't mean print out stuff and give it to them there as if like this is the evidence. No, this is kind of the facts and the feelings that you have. So um, because of um, you coming in late on, on three occasions, uh, this is the reason we've, we've fallen behind. This, look, this is the implication that we've had there. And that's putting a lot of stress on me and the team. Yeah, so now I'm, now I'm talking about me. Not until I've done the others do I dare think about talking about me. And then desire. I would love us to come to a solution together of how we can get you here on time so that you feel in a good place as well, because I, I know you don't feel great coming into work late. What can we do to make this happen for you? So you're kind of stating a desire to go. This is not a golden ticket. <laughs> this does not mean if you use this formula, every single conversation will suddenly go rosy and be amazing. But what this does do is give you a structure ahead of a conversation to really separate the emotive from the facts, which is super hard to do, especially when you are triggered by certain things. For example, um, I've recently coached someone where, where their core values is respect and they were feeling like one of their team members was not respecting them. So hugely triggered. And we had to spend ages removing the facts from that feeling. So this enables you to do that. Um, but it, it's not just in work. You can use this wherever you go. And it just empowers you to have those conversations. And you might have heard the saying, the broken record. If you get a comment which is completely nothing to do with it, or it doesn't work towards your desire, it might just be excuses rather than the desire. Here, you've not stated that you're interested in the excuses. You're just interested in how to make it better, right? How can you make it work? You can reiterate that. I hear you. It sounds like you've got a lot going on at the moment to the reason why you're late. I get that. So what can we do? to make this work for you, to make you be able to get in on time? What are the parameters we've got to play with here? And it's okay to repeat that a few times, especially if you've had um, experience where those relationships have been quite defensive in the past, the initial response still might be defensive. So if you've had a lot um, over a period of time having nagging uh, conversations with a significant other, for example, Doing this technique straight away will take a bit of time because they've got to realize that you're now not needing them to be defensive. You're coming from a place of collaboration. And I'm just looking at time and we can do something that I wanted to do. So this is good. OK, everybody got their chat open. Love you to have the chat open for me. And I'm going to ask you two questions. Um, and hang fire with putting anything in the chat until I finish, but I want you to reflect on this first of all. And I just want to spend some time looking at communication styles. So I want to think of, um, you to think about your communication style. Are you the type of person that focuses on the task first? Or are you the type of person that focuses on the person or the relationship first? So are you task or people? Just think about that, task or people. And then the next question I'm going to ask you 
is, I see it's coming in already, loves it, is um, for processes and decision making, are you the type of person that needs to take a reflective time to process or are you the type of person that's very spontaneous you'll make a decision it will happen um, and you'll run with it so are you task or people or are you slow or fast and i'd love you to if you've already put just one in there feel free to type again with those two next to each other yeah like people and fast task people slow yep Completely depends on the situation. Yes, Liz, there are some areas where you will move into different segments. Um, some people have a gut and they know that they predominantly work in that area and others move around. Yeah. And I'm going to show with you um, a diagram. Here we go. Oh, and one of the um, texts is missing. The one that is missing in the bottom right is um, amiable. So I'll uh, put that up there for you in a minute. But I want to talk about this. This is about the people and task and tell and ask is all about are you re um, are you reflective or are you uh, right? Let's crack on and do it. So the driver section is focusing on the task. Uh, they process things quite fast and they tell people what to do. So the focus for driver is all about getting stuff done and results. That's the main thing there. The next one in the bottom right corner, you've got analytical. This is focused on the task, but they actually ask for detail and kind of slower processing. So it's all about, right, this is the task we have to do. Let's now look at how we can make that happen. What processes do we have to go in place rather than this is the task, we've got to go get it done, go do it. So that's the difference between those two. Uh, you've then got amiable, which is the one that's missing. It's quite lonely, that little square at the bottom with nothing in there. Uh, the focus there is on people. They like to take their time, um, slow at processing, like to ask everybody's opinion, and they focus on harmony. So it's about the harmony of the team, the working relationships. And then the last one at the top right there is expressive, and that's focusing on people still, but it's very par, uh, fast process. Um, so they like recognition, like applause, um, like kind of like the fast win and the interactions that go along with it. I know for me that um, I can sit in either the expressive, wouldn't have guessed that one, would you really? Uh, and I can also fall into the task quite a bit as well about just getting it done. So that kind of top section is very much me there. Um, the question is, is that sort of representation of the disk profiling similar, very similar? So this is focused more on the communication style rather than the personality that sits behind the communication style. So it's just a, a high level version around there. And I think I've got a link to the survey to find out which one. So Laura, if you follow up with me, I'll dig that out and find that as well. Uh, and I'm more than happy to send this uh, slide out, which has just a breakdown of some of the strengths of having that characteristic, but also some of the blind spots there as well. So if you can see yours, have a little hunt out. And what this gives you is the ability to kind of profile other people in your um, team around certain situations. And again, take this with a pinch of salt. This isn't finite, people move, but people tend to have a gut or a go-to. So if you're someone that focuses on the task and needs time to process how we're gonna put that together and really wants to know the detail, and you're working with someone that 
is very about the people, about the relationship, um, very kind of instinctual, just wants to go and do it, that can cause um, conflict within the conversations you're going to have. Um, so the reason I'm showing this is one, to bring awareness, but two, to be okay to call it out. One of my biggest aha moments was a colleague of mine and we were complete opposites. I mean, any kind of profiling test you can take, we couldn't be more difficult. And the first six months of our working relationship was hell. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it was hell. It was tough work. I'd come home going, I just can't get through to him. There's no way this is gonna work. I don't know how this is gonna even be remotely possible, this project until um, we went and did some amazing work with a coach that made us realize communication styles and helped us communicate on a completely different wavelength. And that kind of started my interest around communication more. Since we did that, he's actually now one of my closest friends. We actually value each other's strengths because I know that if I need the detail done, even though we don't work together anymore, I can go and ask his opinion and get some opinion on that and he can work on that side and we were able to work on where we actually connected so our values what our goals were and that's what drove us together so it's really handy just to be aware of it some takeaways then if nothing else I'd love you to take away the fact you, you listen to understand before seeking, uh, seeking to be understood the next is observations versus evaluations and where do they show up and be so aware when it does notice when you're doing it and see if you can correct yourself when you do as well. And the technique of open the front door. They're just the three things that uh, I, I'd invite you to think about more after this. And that brings me to the end of my talk today. I think I'm pretty much um, dead on that 40 minutes. So uh, I will stop sharing and I will hand back to you, Laura. Thank you so much. And uh, it's just fascinating. So much of that, you, you think, oh yeah, I should be doing that. But then emotions sometimes overtake you, don't they? And please, if anyone's got any questions, if you want to um, either indicate and pop your hand up or pop it in the chat and then, 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 then we'll ask Monique. Uh, I guess uh, it, my sort of first question for you is really, because the industry that we work in is relatively hierarchical, and if you've spoken a bit there, it's brilliant examples of if you're dealing with your direct report. Is there any more you can tell us about when you're dealing with your superiors? You know, you're going into that room, you've got sweaty palms, you're thinking, I'm going to have to deliver, uh, have a difficult conversation here, and you've already got that overlay of hierarchy and and slight panic, which I've, I've experienced over the last 20 years in the meat industry. What's, uh, what's the, your words of wisdom on that? And is there anything additional we should be doing apart from the, the three amazing takeaways you've given us? Yeah, um, the first one I would say is if you have got those sweaty palms and you're noticing you're very anxious, is are you guys aware of certain breathing techniques you can do um, to calm your body down almost instantly? Uh, one um, I can teach you is box breathing. Has anyone here heard of box breathing? It's a few, few nods, few non-nods. So I'd like you to breathe in. We'll do four seconds. You find your own rhythm first of all, so you can do it with me. So we're going to breathe in for four. So breathe in. One, two, three, four. Then hold it for four. One, two, three, four. Breathe out for four. One, two, three, four. And then um, hold it for four, two, three, four. And you just do that. 
again and again. And what that does is when we're in a fight or fright mode, our brain is amazing thing, right? But it actually doesn't know the difference between a picture of a gun and an actual gun. Um, our amygdala goes crazy to begin with. And it's that same reaction we get when we're perceived danger of going in and seeing a superior. So by doing that breathing, it calms our body down. It reduces the amount of cortisol in our body so we can think clearer to be able to go, huh, I feel a bit stressed about going into here. What's the need for that? Is it because I'm worried how I look? Is it because I can't get my point across? And you kind of find that if it's all linked in some sort of way, and normally it comes down to, I don't know whether I'll be understood or my point will get across properly. So having a clear articulation of what your point is, what your desire is, is key. So I want to walk out with this meeting with X, Y, Z. And having that as a clear image really helps with that. That's amazing. Thank you. Because, yeah, when I think back when it hasn't gone well, it's when I've gone in fuzzy headed thinking, oh, gosh, but rather than these are the three things that I want to come out with. So that, that's super helpful. Thank yeah. you. Tina, your hands up. Tell us your question. Um, yeah, there was it's more of a, of a comment than, than a question. Um, I recently did some course on rider confidence and the coach basically said, if you're getting like really uncomfortable or start panicking, um, just switch your brain to something else, like doing some math calculation or just say some poems or just focus that you're doing the most awesome walk down the hall. Um, in that case, it was like doing the most best performance on your horse, just these 100 meters. So just keep your brain doing something else than basically waiting or what, whatever you're afraid of at that moment. Um, we did some sort of exercise for that and it was amazing just uh, just get get calm and um, I, I raised the question about if it's if it's the the disc profiling this um, driver uh, expressive analytical and we did something insights for our team uh, back at my old company and it was really refreshing to see what what I know what other people um, what other people's way of thinking is so if you have an understanding of your opponent, let's say not opponent, but the person you need the conversation with, um, it's easier to know how to approach them um, on what level. Because I'm I'm straight in direct, like no no faffing around. But I know that this is comes across sometimes a bit rude. So if I know that the other person is more on the on the on the people level. Um, I approach it differently yeah. if I know it or I have an idea. Yeah, it's kind of two things I heard in there in terms of the distraction with the mind. That is great if you're doing sport things and stuff like that, because that adrenaline hit I, was, I, I spoke about, your body, unless you're under clinical stress, cannot maintain, that's a different course, uh, cannot maintain that hit for a long period of time. So it's a bit like if you have a fear of public speaking and you first walk on the stage and you go to speak and you just have and you go red and you feel panicked. Um, that's why I encourage people just to stand still for a few seconds, catch their breath, think about something else because that adrenaline cannot be sustained. So by distracting your mind for a bit, it will pass, which is amazing. So just give yourself that time. If you know that about you, 
try different things out. There are amazing techniques out there. Have a Google, there's some good ones. Um, the other point around understanding the communication styles, yeah. Even down to if you're a red or a blue, I don't know if you've heard that either, um, at the purest form. You're either red, which is very direct, very, um, I'm going to tell you what I want. Blue is very much um, reflective people worrying about how they'll be perceived and wanting to keep the peace and hearing other people's opinions. Even in those clear, are you a red or a blue? makes everything really keen because reds are going I don't want to sit and talk about the weather and ask you how your holiday was and your kids going on what's the point in that we're here to talk about work and business blues are going wow how insensitive are they not even giving a crap about what's going on in people's lives so you can see how the different perceptions are there neither one is right or wrong it's just a different experience that's why empathy if you can work on that as a core skill no greater indicator of leader success there is than empathy hence why I spend a lot of my time working with organizations on building empathy so thank awesome. you Tina thank you so much any other questions? Anyone else wants to put their hand up? And um, whilst folks are thinking, I'm going to ask one more if I can. In terms of, you, you've spoken amazingly about how we can control ourselves, which is really helpful. What happens, I don't know, I'm probably doom-mongering here. What happens when we get into a room and we don't, and we get an unexpected reaction? We've gone in, clear on what we want to get out of it. We've got the facts. We're, we're going through the, um, open the door. But maybe the person that we're dealing with, they're having a bad day. They're, they're all over the shop. But what's your advice for that? Do we say, actually, we'll come back, you know, try and call a timeout or what? Because that's the, the always bit that worries me that I think, actually, as much as you can profile them and think you've got an angle, that on that day, you, you never quite know. No, we're human. At the end of the day, our emotions can range from one minute to the next. I'm sure everybody can relate to that one. Um, one of the best quotes I've ever heard is nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission um, and I love that that's so true it doesn't matter what people say how they act it's up to you whether you take that on board and what you choose to do with it so in a moment like that and that takes a lot of strength and a lot of things to work on I'm not saying that that's easy switch hence why I make money doing as a coach because I help people <laughs> be able to do that um but that's part of it it's being okay that whatever is getting thrown at you you can go well that's not actually to do with me I can let that go past and I can actually see if they're in the right frame of mind to talk about the work because that if, if someone sees you being able to do that that is so disarming for the other person because they're used to either people fleeing arguing and then when you just stand there going so what is it about this that we need to have a conversation about? And you're not reacting to the stuff being thrown at you. They don't know what to do. It's, it's probably one of the best things I've ever experienced. Um, the other thing is uh, finding the confidence to state how you feel in that moment. Wow, I'm getting a sense that this is probably not the best time to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm feeling that I probably won't be able to get my point across at the moment as we're having this. So do we need to just go grab a cup of coffee or should we table this for another time? Again, it's got to come from a place of a little bit of confidence to be able to do that. But you're in control of how you want to act. So I really want you to think about that. You are always in control of how you act. You choose how you act um, and respond to things. 
I really like that because that, probably for us all, that's a dialogue that's going on in our head and we're knowing, thinking this person isn't probably in the best frame of mind or whatever, but sometimes it takes a lot to be able to articulate that depending on the, who's oh, in the yeah. room and what you're trying to get across. And uh, that, that, that's amazing advice. Thank you. Uh, any other questions from the group? Because I don't want to hog. Um, um, I, I have a question. Yeah, Sophie. Um, so, Money, what would you, what would your advice be if you're with um, an individual that you've really got that damaged relationship with already? So, like in the past, you've approached it in quite a negative light. You've got that underlying um, issues with each other. What would you suggest to be your first steps? To I know you mentioned about um, open the door. But I don't, I'm, I'm just wondering, is there anything else that we could do in terms of rebuilding that relationship? Because it might already be damaged with how you've, you've approached topics with it before. Yeah, I'm sensing that it's kind of a, a deeper thing. So even going in with a yeah. new intention wouldn't, wouldn't work here, yeah. Um, so in that scenario, I, I always talk about a working agreement. This works in teams, this works of one-to-one, -one, this works in personal relationships, it's amazing. It's actually sitting down and spending time and calling it out. Look, I know we've not had um, the best past. I know we both come from a place of goodness. I, I, I see that and I know that, but just for some reason, it's not worked. So I'd love to spend some time and work out our values that we both share how we want to communicate, how we're going to respect each other and how we're going to hold each other accountable for that. So how do we show that as good behavior and how do we hold each other accountable if we're not? So how can we have a conversation? I work with teams and we do like a traffic light system. If they've been very toxic for a while it, and they feel comfortable enough because it's the same language that they can go to someone, oh, amber light, I need a moment right now. That That's, that's triggering me. I, again, I know because of our core values and discussion we've made that that's not an intention so it's something I'm reflecting on right now can we talk about that and what's going on and because there's no threat there everybody's on that same level they can actually have those conversations so um and you can google a lot around this so if you google um uh working agreements or anything like that if you get in struggle let Laura know and I can send you some details of how to structure that um and that will go a long way difficult to begin with but once you've done it you'll be very glad of the time invested thank you no worries meet business women is the global professional network for women working across the meat industry our mission is to connect women working in every role driving positive change and providing a support network like no other visit meetbusinesswomen.org to find out more